When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the fourth pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Toronto Raptors select Scotty Barnes from Florida State University. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Wow. This is what draft night is all about. An emotion, competitive spirit. Scotty Barnes happy to go into the top four. Jalen Suggs showing his appreciation. I would just say that's just me being myself. Uh, I'm always, I'm always pretty excited to see how other people see. Uh, I like seeing other people be happy. Uh, and that's just who I am. I'm a natural leader. Um, I'm a guy that encourages guys to be better. Uh, I like seeing people be great. Uh, what they love doing. Uh, that's just who I am. That's the natural guy I am. I'm a caring guy, loving guy. In the world, I just want to spread love and positivity. You know. another episode of that's a wrap podcast i am your co-host jay rosales i'm excited to be joining you on this lovely friday afternoon we are recording this what what are we going to say jason there 12 hours since the nba draft completed yeah you'll notice that uh one voice that's missing is is our boy dre uh we will miss his insights but i tried to gather some of his thoughts on last night's Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to say franchise altering draft? I don't know. Maybe that's a bit dramatic. Maybe for some, uh, maybe for some. But uh, yeah, like as Jay said, no Dre today. That's okay. Make sure that we want to make sure that he has time. That he's he's moving. So want to make sure that he has uh, all his manpower and brain power to get that going. Uh, but we'll miss him. We'll you're going to listen to him again in the next episode or the next one. But until then. I'm pretty sure everyone was watching, at least if you're a Raptors fan, you heard the news. If you weren't watching, the Toronto Raptors selected number for the number fourth pick, not who you, not who everyone expected, I guess. They selected Scotty Barnes. So before we dive deep into that, because we have a lot to talk about, and I know how I have a lot to say. Jay, you have a lot, a lot to say. You were on Twitter yesterday, uh, you know, being the one on that mountain. Um, I was but, spitting. <laughs> exactly. But before that, welcome to That's a Rap Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. And what better time to talk about the Raptors than today, after a day after the Raptors had made their selection with Scotty Barnes? Let's start with that, Jay. There's no, let's not beat around the bush. Let's start with that. When I saw that pick, and whoever is listening right now, Raptors fans or even non Raptors fans, you know, thank you for joining us. Whoever watched that pick, I think everyone was surprised. I think the the buildup since like the end of the regular season almost, we were 
deciding who was going to be, or at least the by the end of when we realized that the Raptors had the number four pick, we were thinking of like, okay, who's going to be there? Who's going to be number one? It's probably going to be Kate. Number two or three is going to be flipped between Mobley and Jalen Green. Number four, the consensus was going to be Suggs. And I think that it was sold to us. I think everyone decided that, you know what? We love Suggs. We, we, I'm hoping that we can get him. Maybe it's going to, there's going to be some, uh, you know, things are going to fall into place if we get Suggs, thinking about Kyle Lowry, thinking about what we're going to do in the guard spot. So we were sold on it. There's so much talk about it. And then when Adam Silver comes on and they pick Scotty Barnes, it was not like Scotty Barnes was uh, out there pick. It was not a Bruno pick. I mean, the consensus was Scotty was going to probably be five or six. So this is not off the board. But I think the whole thing about Suggs going four from the time that we got the fourth pick, I think that's what everyone was kind of upset at. Do you do you kind of agree, Jay? Yeah, and I think too that there's well, there's there's a lot to digest here, uh, and yeah. a lot to dissect. I guess, um, I, you know, when when there are mock drafts that are going on for a month, you start to build this expectation. And the expectation was, yes, Raptor can draft Suggs, or if they really do like Barnes, they will trade down. But it's a lot easier to say that than to actually put it to action, right? Um, if if the Magic, you know, I'm going to put my Magic hat on right now, right? And if, if I'm the Magic and I know that the Raptors are trying to trade down to me, it's not going to be like, I'm going to give you the fifth and the eighth pick for the number four pick because... I'll take whoever you leave for me. I'll take Barnes. I'll take Suggs, whatever. I'm good. So if you want to move down, I'm not giving you as much as you're probably hoping to get. And that's probably what the Raptors felt, right? It's like, we're not just going to trade fourth and fifth. And I'm just going to, I mean, we're not just going to trade the the fourth pick to you if you're not going to give us anything additional of value. And that's probably what it was for the Magic. And then when you step outside of that, and start looking down even further, then you're putting yourself at risk, right? Moving down to six with with OKC or down to seventh with Golden State, then you're probably possibly losing out on Barnes altogether. So the way I see it is the Raptors probably had a a very a, a top tier of, of Cade, Green, and Mobley. And then in that second tier, Barnes and Suggs were were in that same tier, but Barnes was ahead of Suggs. Right. And if a trade wasn't going to happen and we saw this at the trade deadline, right? Remember all the trade rumors that were around Lowry and eventually it was like, you know what? Nobody met our asking price. Similar here. Right. And this franchise has a history of reaching. Well, no, I wouldn't say reach. This was not a reach. Right. I mean, he was predicted to go fifth and he went one slot higher and that's fine. But I think that um, the the history of this front office and and picking guys that fit what they're looking for they're not shy to go away from the consensus in fact i would say that they regularly go against the consensus they they trust their scouts they trust their development staff and you know as we continue this episode and and talk through the different draft picks you're going to see a theme amongst all the picks but i'll i'll get i'll just tease you with that and leave it that with you but the fact of the matter is the raptors had a type and they have a type and they had a game plan going into this draft and they executed it as well as they feel like they did so we should trust them and you know i i do i i'm certainly in the minority in terms of those that love the pick immediately now i will admit this my 
initial reaction, like the first 10 seconds was genuine surprise, right? Well, I mean, would you, was, was yours the same? Which was everybody. I think I feel like everyone was like, where did, where did this come from? But that's the whole point about where I say that I think it was just sold to us that, that Suggs was the consensus going into if it was number four. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the surprise factor is there. And then after, you know, reading into it, it is, you, you kind of, you, you, I think Messiah and Bobby has, has and the Raptors organization has delivered to a point where like the trust factor is there right and no matter what even with the Bruno pick no matter what it was like you know what you we have to trust them because they brought us to a chip um the the they I they know what they're doing they've done their homework and story and now after the pick has you know surfaced a lot of stories are surfacing now saying that like you said, Jay, the Raptors tried to move up in the draft to, to draft Mobley. I think that was like if the best, best, best case scenario, if if Mobley, you know, fell to number four, they'd obviously take him. But they were trying to draft up. They couldn't. So uh, Cleveland took him. Since that trade wasn't available, they were also looking to trade down in hopes that Scottie Bonds would fall to, you know, whichever, uh, taking assets along the way from either Orlando or OKC. However, it looks like both Orlando and OKC had Barnes way up in their draft four, so it's not like the Raptors had really any leverage. Another story is surfacing that Suggs, who worked out for, I believe, only the Raptors in Detroit, the workout for the Raptors was subpar. And you can know a lot of people can fact check, and maybe that was a rumor, but uh, you know, a lot of analysts had Barnes higher than fifth. So again, I think that ten seconds of shock was quickly remedied by uh you know what i think scotty barnes is a really really good pick for the raptors man yeah and it, you know what it's um you know think of the time anytime that you've interviewed for a job right you might have an outstanding resume you might have the resume that i look at it and i'm like this is it. This is the guy for the job. I, I want him. And that's what Suggs was. He had the resume that's like, okay, he ticks everything on our box. Let's just interview him. And if anything, it's a formality, right? And we're good to go. And he failed the interview. And whether or not he actually tanked that interview, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as saying that I'm going to believe that. But I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, there, there, that's probably will go as far as that. I, I feel like you're right. Sometimes you go into an interview and, and it just doesn't work out. It you yeah. know, you could an off day, you never know. And and that's what the 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 joy or not the joy, but that's what the benefit of interviews are. And in, in my current role in my day job, I do interview folks and I have been on both sides of this. And I always tell people when I'm interviewing them or when I'm being interviewed, this is a two-way street, right? Like I'm interviewing you to work for your company as much as you are interviewing me to see if I'm the right fit and vice versa, right? You need to find if there's a right fit between company and employee. And that's the same thing that's happening here. And something happened in that workout that that Masai was like, you know what? He's there's there's something here I'm not feeling. Like I get I get how he fits in. He had again, he has the right resume. But if there's something that's not fitting with me here, and maybe he felt the same way, maybe that's why his his interview was seen as poorly as it was. But at the end of the day, Barnes nailed the interview. He nailed the workout. Uh, you know, I know it's it's just a highlight package, but to, the Toronto Raptors Open Gym, you know, tweeted out already a, a quick, you know, one minute clip of of his workout, and I love it. 
I gotta love it. And, uh, you know, happy for Scotty Barnes, happy. Like, I mean, look at his reaction. I mean, has any Raptor being drafted ever reacted like that? Like, that was... <laughs> He's like, like the antithesis of OG Ananobi. They kind of look the same, <laughs> they're kind of the same, but they're just, personality-wise, they're a complete opposite. I, you know what? I love that you said that because that's a great segue into how he fits into this group, yeah. right? And one thing that jumps out to me, and I think a lot of people, is that he's kind of redundant of OG's game. But and, and I would I'm only saying redundant because this is the term that I'm seeing on Raptors Twitter. The term I'm seeing with several of group chats I'm in are all asking me, why are they drafting another OG? Why did they draft Suggs and fill this hole at point guard? And and first, my first thing, of all, answer yeah. your question. If someone asked me why you you got you drafting another OG, why the hell not would you Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's be real. OG is friggin' phenomenal. Sure, he he was injured when he was uh, drafted, but I mean, his ceiling is crazy high and still going up too. So, okay, let's put the scouting report together, okay? Let's let's look at Scotty Barnes' uh physique for one. Uh, yeah. Six foot seven, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, seven foot three wingspan. That's seven ridiculous. three. That's high. That's that's a longer wingspan than Siakam and Ananobi. Think of how long those guys are. That's almost people's ceilings. That's yeah. a wingspan, right? Huge hands. Uh, he he's basically a he played point guard. I think in Florida State in his like first year or something like that, or in in high school. I'm not too sure. Um. So he has ball, ball handling and playmaking. Uh, the only thing that he has a knock on is his shooting. However, you know, I, one that can be mitigated and you know, the Raptors have shown that they know how to f- fix if there's any problems or if there's any fixing the development for the Raptors is incredible. So if he's not the best shooter and, you know, OG wasn't the best shooter either, he could fix that. Right. And in college, he got uh, stats wise, 10.3 points four rebounds four assists. And this is where it comes, uh, you know, the 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 iffy side, 50.3 field goal percentage, 27.5 in for three point percentage, 62.1 free throw percentage. I, I think the best case scenario for for me, for Barnes, is that if you roll out a backcourt of Barnes and Anobi Siakam that sure that's a lot of small ball but I don't see anybody outside of like KD or like James Harden AD and Westbrook we're going to talk about that scoring on that lineup that's an incredible incredible defensive lineup so I I think okay so if I if I want to jump back to Suggs I think that Suggs is a ready player for the NBA um, I think his ceiling is really good too. I, I, you know, he possibly could be an all-star. You never know. But I, I also feel like the work in progress for Jalen Suggs has already been there, and he there's not much uh, for him to work on. You know, like he, his game is already there. He's probably going. It, it's going to be interesting seeing how Orlando is going to fit him in with both Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. But for Scotty Barnes, I feel like he has potential in every single position, uh, offensively and defensively, and he's willing to work at it. Like his ceiling it can, can can go even higher to where OG or Siakam is. And I, I think that's, yeah. Like, what do you think about, what do you think about those stats? What do you think about this scouting report, Jay? And give me your all around thoughts of how he would fit in with the Raptors. 
you know, I, I'm going to, I guess, apologize first off for going off on a bit of a rant last night, taking over the Twitter account. I think I, I was in very much defensive mode on on the pick because I, I get it. I was, I'll admit, I was, I was, my jaw dropped a bit when when the, the pick was announced, but that quickly turned to, oh right, uh, you know, this wasn't a complete surprise. And mentally, I was preparing myself for them picking Barnes, and mentally, I already saw that. Barnes for the Raptors is actually a better fit for this team than Suggs. Now, initially, that that seems a bit wild when you think about the possibility of Lowry leaving and what Suggs can do to fill in there and Suggs' offensive game. But I, I can't help but think of all of the reasons why I've been defending someone like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi for the last couple of years when, when they have bad off nights offensively. I'm always turning to the fact that, yeah, but there's two sides of the ball and defensively they picked it up. They were outstanding. They kept the team in the game and yada, yada, yada. I feel like that's the same thing that's going to happen here with Scotty Barnes. And that's not a bad thing. There are two sides to the ball, as I just said. And Scotty Barnes is the best defender in this draft, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. that is one already something that the the Raptors already know that they've got. If If there was like a defensive rookie of the year... I'd put him hands down as the favorite. Now, the concern is obviously going to be offensively. And on the offensive end, again, I would suggest to people not to just focus on one part, and that is the scoring. I get it. The The goal of basketball is to score more points. And if your player doesn't know how to score, I get that that's a concern. But there are so many more aspects of offense that he contributes at a higher level that really does help this team out. Now, if we want to talk about the scoring, let's let's get that out of the way first because okay. I think that's that's worth talking about. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned you know some of his his college stats there. I'm gonna throw at you some comparables. So Scotty Barnes in college shot 62% from the free throw line. Okay, not great. You know who shot 52% from the free throw line in college? OG Ananobi. You know where he's at now? Last season, 78%. So he's been in the Raptors development program fixing his shot that wasn't there in college. And now he's close to an 80% free throw shooter. That's outstanding. And considering Scotty Barnes has a free throw percentage that started off even higher than OGs, that gives me hope that he can also reach something close to the 75-80% range. And that also is an indicator that he could be a better shooter from the outside. So let's take a look at the other front court star here pascal siakam shot 17 percent from three <laughs> in college 17 percent. scotty barnes shot 40 percent. oh wait not 40 percent. sorry he shot 27.5 percent. also not great but pascal siakam mm-hmm. you know he just last season i believe he was up to 40 percent on the whole he's 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 had a bad last season and a half so it's gone down a bit to the mid 30s but the point is that the development program that the Raptors have in shooting is has helped these two out. It's definitely going to help out Scotty Barnes, right? And so yeah. that's the shooting portion, right? And that's, again, the biggest concern, and I get why everyone's concerned, and I get why people are all enamored with Suggs and how he's able to you know, score at three different levels. But Scotty Barnes has potential here, folks. And you know, if he continues to run in this development system and, and show the enthusiasm he showed in draft night, I am not concerned. One more point as I continue rambling here about the offense is everything else offensively is 
huge. And the one part that he did very well in Florida State was he took on point guard duties. Now that is again, we Jason, you you outlined his his height and, and, and dimensions and all that. That's not the height and dimensions of a point guard. That is Ben Simmons esque. And mm-hmm. he was outstanding. I do he, remember you said in on Twitter, basically, why trade for Ben Simmons when you can draft him? Yeah, exactly. And and I get it. He's not he's not exactly like Ben Simmons, but he has a lot of Ben Simmons in him. And ESPN even said he's got a lot of Draymond Green in him. And I love those comparables because those are the glue guys that make your engine run, right? And and these Warriors teams that won three championships, they don't win without Draymond Green. Um, and Ben Simmons, yes, he hasn't had that that great success in the playoffs, but he does drive open shots for his teammates, right? They just didn't, uh, you know, create a, a good enough roster around him or put him in a position to really succeed. But Scotty Barnes is. And, you know, one of the issues with the Raptors last year offensively was, yes, shot creation. And that's why everyone wants Suggs. But here's the thing is, a lot of the times it was Siakam going ISO. It was OG trying to find his own, create his own shot. It was Fred dribbling the ball 20 times in the, on a 24 shot clock and trying to score for himself. There was a lot of over dribbling and isolation and just not enough ball movement. Well, guess what? Scotty Barnes will give that to you. You know, he's a very, he has been known for his great vision, his ability as a running point, and he uses his length to his advantage in terms of getting to the rim and creating shots for his teammates. Imagine that. He's an enabler, right? So what's going to end up happening, and there's my prediction for you, Jason, is that his stats are not going to jump off the page. People are going to be like, why didn't we draft Suggs? But meanwhile, he will have created, like his assist rates are going to be high, his secondary assists are going to be great. Screen assists are going to be great. He's going to create for his teammates, and you're going to see better shooting percentages from OG, from Fred. I don't know about Pascal because we don't know what his recovery will be like from the shoulder injury or shoulder surgery, but I'll guarantee you this right now. Fred's shooting percentage and OG's shooting percentage are going to go up, and I would say that this is going to be something that we can see as a positive draft pick immediately so that's a lot of talk for me uh anything you want to add to that i think all all of that what you said is is very promising if i i i think that if the weakness when it comes to scotty barnes is his shooting ability you know who wasn't a good shooter coming out of college like you said uh jay uh og you yep. know who else wasn't a good shooter? Who Damar. Else? Exactly. Who else wasn't a good shooter? Kawhi. If mm-hmm. if the shooting is the the quote unquote weakness, and everything else is off the charts, I will take this nine out of ten times. Absolutely, yeah, close to ten out of ten times. I I I I feel like you. I asked you after uh, when Scotty Barnes was tr- uh, drafted, like right after that ten second. Um, shock. I asked you why. I I, Jay, I was like, Jay, WTF? What's going on? Why not sucks? Right. And then after that, it was more like, okay, let's think about this thoroughly. If you 
drafted Suggs, and I know that we talked about this before. If you draft the Suggs, you have a logjam at the guard. You have you don't know what's going to go on with Kyle. You don't know what's going to go on with Freddie. You don't know what's going to go on with Malachi. And then you have a playmaker in Suggs who definitely needs the ball. You you draft somebody like Scotty Barnes. He's a playmaker. He's going to make everybody else around him better. Uh, and knowing that Pascal is not going to play in the first uh, month or two of the season, having him step into that role and then accumulating Siakam later on is that's going to be fantastic for for this team. And I again, when it comes to Suggs, yes, I agree. I think he's probably going to put a better stats mainly because Orlando's not very good. And then there's going to be a lot of naysayers saying that hey, you you know the Raptors screwed up. But I feel like this was a future pick too. I feel like he is going to show a lot of glimpses this year. I think the the product of of what Scotty Barnes is, that I think Masai and Bobby uh, sees is going to come in the next two to three years, much like they saw it in OG. And this also comes to mind of like what was is Masai thinking about like if. Let's put it this way. There's a lot of tropes when it comes to draft picks of like, if I don't choose this guy, I'm going to get fired, right? And in this case, I feel like if if Masai wasn't confident in his team and his tenure with the Raptors, he would have chosen sucks just because that is the consensus of what everybody and probably MLSE wanted to see. But he trusts his future with the Raptors and he trusts what Nick Nurse and his staff is going to do with the ceiling of Scotty Barnes. And I feel like this kind of probably solidifies what we think Masai is going to do with his future as a Raptor. Do you think that, I don't know if you're on the same page with me, but do you think that his drafting not not the consensus with sucks and going a little bit off the board with Barnes kind of shows what Masai is going to do with his own future? I don't think so because there was a general theme with all of these picks. And that general theme was let's go for guys with length, with defensive versatility. And if their one knock is shooting, trust in our development staff to fix it. And if, if he had just done that with Scotty Barnes and none of the other picks, maybe that pick stands out a bit more. But that was the general theme I saw with the three draft picks and the undrafted free agent signing um, after the fact. But that's what I, I think. I, I and, and also the fact that, you know, Masai has, was very visible in that war room. And, you know, yeah. during the, the I, I believe it was the open gym clip of not uh barnes they're they're the toronto boy how am i going to pronounce his name is delano banton is that am i pronouncing it right i'm gonna to have to learn this anyways in his open gym clip there was footage of him saying we so again i i'm, I'm analyzing over analyzing words here but i think it's fair to say the messiah is staying okay i'm not i'm not trying to jinx things yeah. i know a contract extension hasn't been announced yet but he's been very visible and i can't help but think like why are you all part of all of this and very visible if you're not resigning so anyways that's 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 a side tangent what i don't want to get away from is is one part i still want to make about scotty barnes and that is all this talk we've talked about so far has been about his offense and that's not even the best part about him that's <laughs> true right and and we touched upon it a bit his defensive versatility is going to be wonderful and that's what he will be known for and you know as it currently stands, the Raptors don't have their their starting center, and that could get filled in free agency. 
But that also means that there is the possibility that the Raptors are going to play some small ball again, which was actually their most successful lineups last year, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, this this pick works in several ways. You know, it, it kind of covers the, the hole that Siakam leaves while he recovers from his surgery. But also when he does come back, like, you know, you already pointed it out. You know, OG Siakam and Barnes as, as your front court is 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 all switch and all kinds of problems, right? And and one thing that I like that I read about Scotty Barnes is that the similarity that he has to OG is that they both know how to use and maximize their length. And we know that paints a pretty clear picture in my head. Like I, I picture, you know, if you, if you see how OG would defend Nikola Jokic in the post and he's, he's smaller, he's shorter, like he, sh- he should have problems with someone as crafty as Jokic, but he held his own. Right. And I think about that specific one-on-one matchup and I, I get excited that, oh my gosh, we have another one that we can throw at a Jokic, right? It's okay. We've got two OGs here all, all switchy. And I, I I can't wait to see that. And, you know, there are all kinds of jokes on Raptors Twitter that the Raptors are going to win their games 84 to 80 every, every game. That's fine by me. Wins are wins, right? W is a W, man. A W is a W. W is a dubs. So I, I'm excited about all the things he's going to bring defensively. Um, you know, I, 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 I we need to move on from Barnes, but like I, I really am just enamored by him and mm-hmm. you know his ability to play solid defense, get on those deflections a la Fred Van Vliet, and get the fast break going like no one else in this draft. It's I can't help but think that he has got bits of our core already in his DNA. Like the ability to run out in transition is a bit of Siakam. You know, the bit, the ability to be able to guard everyone one through five, that's a bit of OG. And the the ability to always cause deflections, always find his way around the ball is a bit of Fred Van Vliet. So again, uh, I'm hoping that my enthusiasm for Barnes is is infectious. I'm hoping that you guys, anyone that does doubt is, is starting to turn over a new leaf because he's he's going to be a keeper man and and in his opening presser this morning with the Toronto media he was already asking for Jamaican restaurant recommendations this boy's a keeper yeah, yeah. this boy's a absolutely. keeper absolutely apparently he has some family on his dad's side living in Toronto so show him some love man when he comes back uh when when at least the entire Toronto team comes back because i know today i uh, we're again we're recording this on a friday the blue jays are back too so you know, show him some love. The last thing I'm going to say about uh, Scotty Barnes before we move on, uh, I'm going to read something uh, real quick from Jonathan Cars from The Ringer. He's quotes, the best case scenario for the Raptors is that Barnes and Anobi and Siakam become a dream of a small ball front court. They could fly all over the floor on defense and make plays for each other on offense while having just enough shooting between them to survive. This should be a one-time pit stop in the lottery. Ooh, I feel like this, I feel it. the same I feel the same way. Okay, finally, it, that, that number four wasn't the last thing for the Raptors. They also had two picks in the second round, number 46 and number 47 for the 46th pick. A Toronto boy, Delano Bonton. I, I hope that's how you say it. And for number 47, David Johnson. So Bonton from was, is a guard from Nebraska, and Johnson is for a guard from Louisville. Jay, I don't know much about these two. Do you have uh, a little breakdown uh, about with Dalan, yeah, Dalanon so and David? The, the exciting part of this is that because these picks were back-to-back, uh, you know, it's funny how like how you can play around with these picks and, and 
and they made sure to pick the Toronto boy first, right? Um, but let, let's start off with, uh, with with Banton. And he was a bit outside of people's radar. And I think the exciting part about him is that, I mean, he, again, he fits the mold of guys who are a tiny bit out of the radar, but have some serious upside and areas that the Raptors themselves can fix. But Banton has some size. He's got the size. He's got an NBA body, as it were. He... He can handle the ball. He can pass. If this sounds like I'm talking about Barnes, it's not. <laughs> uh, he has, I think his reach is up to 6'10", so he's he's a big boy. The issue is that he cannot shoot. Wow, that sounds familiar too. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting that the Raptors continue to find playmakers who need to work on their shot. And that's what, what Banton is here. And of course, there's you know, kind of fit the mold of like, oh, the the Canadians pick a Canadian guy, right? And it, it works. It works. And he's, yep. he is, he's got he some is promise. He's the first Canadian uh, to be drafted by the Raptors. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's going to be some work needed there. Yeah, what's that? A little bit of history there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the Raptors are never one to shy away from making some history. Um, so I imagine he's someone who's probably going to spend a, a bit of time in the G league to develop. But if that shot comes around, then, you know, look out, the Raptors might've found themselves a gem here. Mm-hmm. Um, the other pick, David Johnson. Now this guy was rated much higher on draft boards. In fact, he was predicted to go somewhere in the early second round. So the, the Raptors kind of lucked out a bit and he was still available here. And guess what? He's a, a guy who can't shoot, <laughs> but he's got a lot of different aspects that work for him. Um, he's very athletic and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of work to do defensively. And I think that's the, the one, the, the minus that I'm actually a little bit concerned about with him is that as opposed to the other two picks I've already mentioned, you know, he doesn't have the defensive versatility as, as the other guys, but you know, he still is really good. He's, he's ideally a, a second ball moving creator on offense. Um, think of someone who is like, a uh, kind of like Malachi Flynn's role right now is right. He's he's not a primary ball handler off the bench. He's secondary, but still someone who can um, uh, hold his own. You know, and he's he's a bit bigger than than others who he will be guarding against. Um, he's someone who can hit some pull up jumpers. Like he has a uh, okay. I, this is going to sound a bit extreme, but he has a bit of a Zach Levine in him. So whereby he will have the rock a lot. And and look to score, but he's not the type to be trying to create um, and 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 pass out. You know what I mean? So, uh, okay. but his shot works well, and he's he's someone who who likes to move the ball around a lot, and he's quite a good passer. So, I mean, there are aspects of here that that I like, and I think that if if I were to bet on these two second rounders. Um, I would bet that David Johnson is someone who could crack the rotation and taking over Jalen Harris's vacant spot, um, mm-hmm. whereby Banton is probably more likely to be a G League guy who kind of hops in and out on, on a two-way. But that's kind of my early predictions on on these on these guys. I think that at the end of the day, again, the Raptors had a type. And oh, sorry, I should probably bring up one more, and that is the uh, signing of I think it's Justin yes. uh, Champagne. Champagne? I don't know. I'm I'm horrible with this. Yeah, Champagne. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was Drake, uh, his, <laughs> <laughs> or his at simple. But yeah, I think that's. A- and you know, it another great pickup, undrafted, and 
you know, I I see I haven't read enough enough about him, but I I, I see shades of a Jalen Harris here too. And and what I mean by that, he's he's a scorer, right? And and the people who wanted a score from Suggs, yeah, you're getting it with Champagne. So um we'll see how he develops, see how he thrives in, in summer league and in the 905. And maybe the Raptors have got themselves another gem here. But um that's kind of what you're hoping for, right? Is like they have what that one elite skill or one really good skill, and then you just build around it, right? And for the other three who were drafted, it was, you know, they've, they've got some defensive chops. Let's get their shot down. And um, that's not going to be an issue for Champagne, but, like, for him, he just needs to to round out, and hopefully the, the time in the 905 will help him out, and the Raptors can fill out their roster, right? Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Well, there you go. That's the summary of the Raptors draft day. Let us know what your thoughts are on pick number four, 46 and 47. Uh, I, I I feel like you, I, I, at first, when I was writing up this uh, agenda for this episode, Jay, I was going to say, hey, mate, can you sell me on Scotty Barnes? But I feel like the selling was already done. I'm really excited about Scotty. Uh, Raptors fans, let us know what you think about Scotty Barnes and make sure that, you know, Follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram, show him some love. All right, so we'll take a little bit of a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some trade talks uh, around the NBA. Talk to you guys soon. Breaking news, there's a huge trade between Washington and LA. Washington has sent Russell Westbrook and Max Scherzer to Los Angeles. And oh crap, I think I've mixed up my sports again. Uh, (laughs) It was a a good day for Washington or was it a good day for LA? I don't really know. I don't know. LA is just pouncing on Washington right now, right? It doesn't matter what the sport is. I was going to try my best at doing the, a, a Dre after the break and say that that break was as long as a tenure for Westbrook and Washington. Oh, that's a better one. Oh, that's a better <laughs> one. Can we just use that one? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. All right. Well, welcome back to That's a Rap Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. Thank you again for joining us, Raptor fans and now Raptors fans trying to see what we think about the Scotty Barnes number four pick. And consensus is I love it. Jay loves it. Dre loves it. Well, at least that's what he told us in the, in the group chat. But let us know what you guys think about the pick as well as the second rounders. But that wasn't the only thing that went down during draft day and night. We got a trade. We got a Woj bomb. Um, uh, that went prior to the actual draft and jay do you want to break it down i know we're a little bit of uh, mixed up with some nba and mob that's going on right now but what was the trade is is i think oh, this, at first, 
I heard it was Westbrook and Buddy Heald going to the Lakers. That's not true anymore. That's no, just no. Right? It was it was mad confusing. Uh, so okay. Woj tweeted out that it was KCP and Montrez. Oh, first of all, he he did tweet out that Montrez Harold picked up his option, which means that his salary was very much tradable at that point. And he didn't waste much time because about ten seconds later, he tweeted out that Montrez Harold and KCP were headed to Sacramento for Buddy Heald. And within, I would say, five minutes, Shams tweets out that it's actually KCP and Montrez plus, uh, oh my gosh, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting one more person. Uh, oh, Kyle. Uh, sorry. It's, uh, I had it the wrong way. Let me, let me correct myself. The okay, original but... tweet was Kuzma and Trez going oh, okay. to Sacramento for Buddy Heald. Oh man, maybe I am confusing it. I'm not sure if it was. I'm getting Kuz and KCP mixed up, so... It was two of those three were going to Sacramento for Buddy Heald. And then Shams comes up and says, no, actually, all three of them are going to Washington for Westbrook. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Usually these two guys are like one after the other tweeting out the same tweet, uh, tweeting out the same trade. But now this caused confusion. Like, OK, what's what's happening here? Who's who's going where? What's going on? What's going on? And finally, yeah, it was it was the it was the Wizards. So I don't know. I, before we get into the whole Westbrook thing, imagine you're healed. You've been on the Sacramento yeah. your entire career, and for a brief three minutes, you were on a possible Bro, title yeah. contender. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and on top of that, he's he's the missing piece. To be honest, like they need more shooting, yeah. and he's a shooter. And they go out and say, "No, nah, we're good. Let's 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 go get another non-shooter. Let's go get Westbrook." I mean, like, when I saw that, when I saw Buddy Hield and Westbrook going to the Lakers, that like that's an uh, already already a favorite to win the NBA championship next year. Like that's a crazy crazy lineup. Um, however, Buddy Hield is still a Sacramento King. However, Westbrook is no longer a Wizard. He is going to the LA Lakers to join King James and the Brow. Um, I don't know how to feel about this, to be honest. Um, I I do feel like, you know, is this another big three? Uh, is Westbrook going to take the rock out of, you know, James's hands, AD's hands? Like, there's a lot of there there. I wouldn't say there's a lot of ego. Maybe there is. I don't know, but it's just like. All three of these guys are very ball dominant. And it worked out, right? It worked out in the bubble for the Lakers with AD and LeBron. But you add someone like Westbrook in there. I mean, I thought KCP played pretty well with him. Kuzma, I knew he was already gone. Like, I don't think that they wanted Kuzma in there anymore. So I think that... And and when it comes to Montrez, like, I just feel like that was a bad fit. Um, All in all, I feel like the the whole Montrez and Marcus all... uh, center position that that all failed miserably so he was gone but i mean to bring back someone like westbrook is very interesting um two reasons why is because i didn't think that he was going to leave bradley beal i feel like that wizards team like they played pretty well at the end of the season right and i thought that they would they would build from that so it's quite surprising seeing uh, westbrook leave uh washington however now looking on the lakers side Again, it's like it's the same thing when it comes to Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets. Like it, it all all if injuries aside, like we haven't seen them play more than 20 games. So we really still don't know when it comes to Brooklyn. And now when it comes to Westbrook, it's like, I, I mean, I've, I've seen so many times when Westbrook just dominates the ball, shoots a mid range shot and runs back and gets a foul or something like that. And on the flip side, I've seen Westbrook also take over a game. You just can't stop the man. So like. 
how did Jay, how did Dre put it? He's like very inconsistent, but also consistent when you need it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what Dre said here in terms of his thoughts on, on the trade. And I, and I told him I'd quote him because it's, it's very well said. Westbrook right. is as good as he is bad, as dependable <laughs> as he is unreliable. He will get you, he'll get you your points, but miss crucial shots. He'll get your assists, but also cause turnovers. I love it. That's, that's a perfect embodiment of what Westbrook is like. And I I think before I I jump into my thoughts on this, because it probably echoes what yours are and everyone else's are, but like, in your opinion, Jason, what do you think was Westbrook's best team? Like, if you think about all of the seasons that he's had, the, the, the triple-double seasons or whatever, if you think about the best team he's ever had, who was on that team? Like, in, in yeah, it, over uh, the entirety of his career. Well, it, it has to be the uh, the finals OKC. KD, yeah. Ibaka, James Harden. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. And even if we look at the his MVP season, kind of similar in terms of, you know, Westbrook was ball dominant and he would drive the lane. And then when it's, it's time, he's, he's, he's sometimes he's looking to score. Sometimes he's looking to pass. And when he's looking at the pass, he's got Durant, he's got Harden, he's got Jeff green, or, you know, he's, he's got a lot around him to, to pass to for other scorers. Now let's fast forward to what this might look like for the Lakers next year. If he's the ball dominant guy and he, he dishes it out to who exactly I, I get it. Like there's there's AD and there's LeBron, but like I think what you're, I think it's it's kind of odd that, and maybe maybe it's a positive, And I'm kind of thinking out loud here, but like LeBron is is obviously starting to age, and I know we we like to think that he's superhuman and will always operate at this level forever, but I think that we we're starting to see over the last two years that injuries and age are starting to catch up with him, and maybe he won't be as ball dominant as he would like to be, or maybe he's realizing that already, and that's why someone like a Westbrook to come in and kind of dominate the ball. Maybe that works. And, and maybe, and I'm saying maybe a lot because I'm trying to find how this works for the Lakers. Um, you know, LeBron's outside shot has actually looked better. He's, you know, he can, he can hit those threes uh, with a lip, a bit more regularity. Um, Anthony Davis is always a threat, you know, from wherever outside the paint, actually wherever on the court, really. So I can see how the three of them can can gel and and work as a cohesive unit with with Westbrook dominating the ball, um, but that's where it ends see, for me. But if I can if I can read, uh, if I can play devil's advocate here, yeah, it's, I see your point when it comes to Westbrook playing with his his teammates, like in in OKC, like that was a that was a nasty team. However, yeah. that's been a, it's been a while since that's happened and it's not like Westbrook hasn't played with superstars slash superstars he's played with Harden he's played with Paul George he's played with Bradley Beal he's played with Team USA so he's played with a lot of these guys yeah it's very true and it's not like it's cemented him into even you know like second round in the playoffs so I I again LeBron James and Anthony Davis that's another beast than Paul George and James Harden um so i feel like that alone if they stay healthy is going to make them a title contender i just don't feel like adding a westbrook at this point unless he's in his own team um being number one and or number two i don't he think he can play third fiddle that's that's what i think when it comes to the lakers yeah and i agree with you and that's why i'm hesitant to call this a super team so but maybe we're wrong right I and mean, maybe yeah. 
maybe you, the listener, thinks, no, this is this is definitely a, a three-headed monster. Who who cares about who else is on the team, right? I mean, if, again, if we if we're going to use Brooklyn as the example here, right? Um, there's kind of worked because kind of because a lot of them were were taking turns being out and injured, so it yeah. left the yeah. the the rest of the team the opportunity to at least gel with their superstars. I don't know how it's going to work with the Lakers because the the supporting cast is not as as good, right? I mean, I, I Carusa has his has his moments, and you know, Gasol will even have his moments. And I'm really reaching here, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, you if you put, you know, what I, LeBron's going to make 30, 34 or something like that. Westbrook's probably around the same. AD probably the same. Westbrook's at forty four, man. Oh my god! So you're putting over a hundred thousand, a hundred mil in your salary, and what you have like twenty. 26 million left to fill out your roster like yeah that's that's crazy i mean it's it's the same thing and it's the same thing with brooklyn uh you you kind of shoot yourself in the foot when it comes to uh, getting these uh superstar players you understand that this is this might not last for very long however you know uh they, they're going for it you know so i'll, I'll give it to them uh, and westbrook i mean kd has a ring uh, Serge Ibaka has a ring. Uh, the only person only of that OKC team is Westbrook and James Harden, and I feel like both those teams, LA and the, the Lakers and the Nets, uh, have a great chance to to win a ring uh, sometime soon. So we'll see of that OKC team who 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 will win, um, uh, who will win the ring next. So Jay, before we go. Is there anybody else before the season begins, even before like Vegas League? Do you see anyone else moving uh, teams? Absolutely, and that that's the the crazy part of all this. Like we're still getting down from the high of the draft and all the movement that happened. And I get it; most of the the picks and trades were all outside of the Westbrook one. Out, it was all draft related, and that may not be as exciting when you're talking about future first and future seconds and things of that nature and cash considerations. But the real fun is going to start this weekend. And by the time we record next week's episode, uh, hopefully with you, Dre, um, we're going to be talking about a whole lot of free agency signings, some trades. And this is the thing is like the the mystery of where of of free agency is. Let's just quickly remember what happened last year with Milwaukee and them trying to sign and trade for Bogdanovich. But their management messed up and announced it a little too early because Bogdanovich wasn't signed yet. And I think, I think that's why we're not hearing enough sign and trade stuff with Lowry and other players who like someone like Alonzo Ball, even like we're not hearing this anymore because nobody wants to make the same mistake that Milwaukee made last year and announced that there has been a signing trade before anyone's officially allowed to sign. So those signings are going to kick off on, I, I can't remember if it's the second or the third, August, but it's coming up. August second is six, uh, six p.m. is free agency. That's when it there kicks it is. off. But the and, and for us uh, here in Canada, it's civic holiday. So, yay! There you go. Like <laughs> we're on holiday. And this is the caveat: most contracts can't officially be signed until August the sixth by twelve p.m. So I think that's what you meant about the Brogdon thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, at, at the very least, on the second, we can start to hear about these trades, which is all we're really hoping for. We all want to know where's yeah, Lowry yeah. going, if he's going to get signed, if he's going to get signed trade. And, um, you know, until then, I will stop speculating because there's just so much out there. Um, and if we're going to name names on who we think will move, I would 
put Simmons up there as the biggest name that's going to move. I would put Lowry as He's a fine. close yeah. close second. Um, it's, yeah. but I've you know you and I and Dre we've all made this mistake numerous times that where we think Lowry's out and all of a sudden there he is. He's back on the team again, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, yeah. True. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again that like I, you know if his last game is that masterpiece against the Lakers, the last Raptors win of the season, then that's quite the mic drop. And I'm happy that that's what it is because he's, he's a legend. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, The signs are pointing towards him not being with the team next year, either through free agency or some sort of a sign and trade. I will throw in one last fact at you guys, um, all you listeners. If this sign and trade does happen, please keep your expectations low. Um, you know, the reason why these happen is because you're just trying to recoup anything, really. Um, Lowry can just sign for nothing and leave and the Raptors get nothing. He can pull a Chris Bosh. <laughs> he could he could pull a Chris Bosh, right? Um, and, I, and I'm thinking of it too, like, you, you know, you just want to make sure that we do right by him. And, and doing right by him means making sure that even though other teams can't offer the kind of money that we can, we can, so we will, and honor his wishes that, okay, he gets paid and he gets sent off to a better situation, whether that's a title contender in in Philly or even Miami or an exciting situation in, in New Orleans. But either way, I think Lowry is probably gone. Uh, it is sad to say that. And uh, Simmons is definitely gone, but I, I have no idea what his trade's going to look like because... Uh, the, the the rumors out there about what Maury's asking for is is quite hilarious. If it was coming to Toronto, he basically wants the core three: Scotty Barnes, Niagara Falls, Navbatia, and the Raptor. Uh, never Paul. ever. We're never giving up Navbatia. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, Raptors fans, let us know what you guys think. What's gonna go? What's gonna happen? Uh, and free agency again let us know what you guys think about scotty barnes because you know what at first it was quite a surprise but you lo- you you do a little bit of research you realize that you know what this might be a a gem of a pick but until then jay where can i find you brother you can find me on twitter at rosalisaurus you can find this podcast and my articles on raptors hq i don't have anything on the docket right now it is kind of the the summer lull but Hopefully I'll get back up and writing soon. Um, very happy that I'll have you on board and listening. We recently did celebrate our three-year anniversary, as pointed out in the last episode. So I'm excited to, I guess, kick off our, our, our third full season, or I guess we're on fourth season. I don't know. I'm losing yeah, count here, but uh, it's exciting, man. I, I'm yeah. excited to have all you listeners uh, on and listening to the pod. And, you know, we've got, we've got big plans for the future. So keep tuning in and, and keep, chiming in on twitter or in the comments on raptors hq absolutely you can find our other co-hosts uh dre at uh, andreas babs on twitter and make sure to fo- follow his uh, other podcast uh, called the films for tale podcast you can find all of us on that's a rap podcast or that's a rap pod on twitter you can find my work on here the one that you're listening to as well as the black box production and the graduating anxiety but until then raptors fans be happy about that number four pick because i think it's a gem of a pick but until then that's a wrap 45 kipling stand up if case you don't know that that is 
why Banton chose the number 45 for his jersey to rep Toronto, to rep Rexdale, and the 45 Kipling bus route that he took. Wow. <laughs> Yo, 40, 45 Kipling, stand up. 